All right, everybody, welcome to Grief Sucks, and I'm Confused. I'm Lily Rachels, and when I was titling this workshop, I had a couple of different things I was playing with in my head, and I realized grief sucks. <laughs> um, I was thinking back to kind of the last time I was in the throes of grief, and what was that feeling I had inside of me about grief? Was it hard? Was it sad? And I just remember being like, this sucks. It sucks. There, there wasn't an eloquent, beautiful way to put it. That's how I felt. So hence the title, Grief Sucks and I'm Confused. Also, if you hear walking around or you might see a puff back there, um, my partner and I have four dogs. So there is a chance we might be disrupted by some barking. It happens. So let's begin with some grounding and coming into the present. I had someone recently tell me that they watched the replay and they didn't like this part and they fast forwarded through it. And I was a little disappointed to hear that because I think this part is really important because it helps us come to a place where we are, you know, more receptive and more open. So if you're watching the replay, I encourage you to not skip this part. You can do it with your eyes open. If you're somewhere where you're driving or something, stay safe, but I encourage you not to skip. So wherever you are, if it's possible, I'd encourage you to find a comfortable seated position. If you are not driving or doing anything that requires your eyesight, feel free to let your eyes come to close. And go ahead and take a really deep breath in. Exhale, let it go. Another one like that, inhale. And exhale. Now just continue to breathe. You can go in through your nose and out through your nose if that feels good. Just slow, deep breaths. And as you're breathing, if you're seated somewhere, I want you to just start to notice what the back of the seat feels like behind you. Maybe you can lean back into it a little bit and let your shoulders relax into it. Maybe you notice how it feels under your butt and you get a little heavier and you sink down. But as you're inhaling and exhaling, just notice. Is there any sensation in your body coming up when you let yourself be completely supported? And does it feel good? Continuing to breathe in through your nose and back out. And just take a moment to scan through your body and notice if you're holding tension anywhere, maybe in your jaw, your neck, your shoulders, your chest, your stomach, scanning all the way down to your feet, just noticing. Sometimes doing a couple of shoulder rolls can feel good. And then I want you to ask yourself, why am I here? What's my intention? What do I want? And if you'd like, and you're attending this live, feel free to drop that in the chat. Or you can keep that just for you. Continuing to breathe in through your nose and exhaling out. Slowly bringing your gaze back to the screen or your attention back to the audio if you're just listening to this. So who am I? Well, my name is Lily Rachel, and I'm a grief coach. I actually really don't love the term coach, um, but I no longer work as a therapist. 
I formerly did. I hold my master's in social work. I've also been a personal trainer, a trauma-sensitive yoga instructor. Um, I was a home organizer and nanny, a couple of other things. But as life does, it has slowly kind of pushed me more and more towards grief work. If you followed me for a little while, you may know I also talk a lot about relationships. I love relationships. And I found that even in grief work, I get to talk about relationships because having support, having people in your life who are behind you and with you in difficult times is so necessary. We're pack animals. We're wired for connection. We're not designed to deal with really big, hard things alone. And if you believe that, trust me, it is a lie that society tells us, right? That we should be hyper-independent. It's all on me. I've got to do this. No, we're wired for connection. That's a little bit about me. So let's talk about grief. That's why you're here. So what is grief? Well, it's deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. Most likely, if you've heard the term grief, and I'm going to bet you have, you associate grief with death. We also grieve divorce loss of a career, loss of a dream. We can grieve a number of things. So why is it important to talk about grief? Because grief can create complex somatic and psychological symptoms. It messes with your sleep, your health, your career, your relationships. And when we look at how society deals with grief, if you work in a corporate company and someone dies, or even not a corporate company, if you have any job and someone dies, you're likely given two to three days of bereavement or two to three days, you know, so you can plan the funeral, attend the funeral, the visitation, the whole thing. And what I found in working with people is a lot of people have this false belief that, okay, I am supposed to grieve during the funeral. And after that, I will be okay. And that's just not how grief works. So here's another definition that I like using for grief. Grieving involves physical sensations like chest tightness and breathlessness, emotions such as sadness, anger, relief, and cognitive aspects like confusion, maybe dreams of the deceased. Behavioral signs may include things like crying, withdrawal, or changes in relationships as part of coping with loss. This is the grief cycle as it is studied. So we have denial, we move into anger and depression, up through bargaining and an end in acceptance. And wouldn't it be beautiful if it was that simple and we actually got to just move through like this? I remember years ago, I was grieving the loss of a relationship that later resulted in divorce. And I was talking to my dad and I told him, I was like, I feel like I'm backsliding in life. And he said, Lily, life is not linear, right? He says it goes back and forth, it doubles back, it circles. It's not one just straight trajectory. And when it comes to this um, picture you're looking at for grief, just know that most people do not move seamlessly through this transition. Complicated grief. What is that? There are a couple of things that fall under complicated grief. One is chronic grief. It's long-lasting, normal reactions to loss that persist for an extended period of time. Now, the, pers um, the extended period of time is debatable. A lot of people, again, like I said earlier, have this false belief that I grieve after the funeral or at the funeral and I should be better after that. Or I have my bereavement period, which is very short in America, and I should be better but it is completely normal 
to be grieving a year after the loss. Completely normal. It's completely normal to not begin grieving right away, right? To be in that denial period for a prolonged period of time. Delayed grief is normal grief reactions intentionally or unintentionally put on hold by the survivor to avoid the pain of loss. This is what suppression is. So maybe you're suppressing it and you're not even aware that you're not processing those emotions, or maybe you're intentionally suppressing it and trying to escape your grief because you don't want to deal with it. Exaggerated grief is a heightened response to grief involving intense emotions, nightmares, delinquent behaviors, phobias, or suicidal thoughts intense grief. Masked grief, grief that occurs when the survivor is unaware of behaviors hindering normal functioning after a loss. A lot of the time, we don't know that what we're doing is um, not helping us or hurting us in some way. We're not aware of it. So back to that picture of the grief cycle. When I work with clients, a very common place for them to be is in this anger and depression area and bouncing back and forth between it. Or, and I don't have it circled, but in the denial area where I know I should probably feel something, but I don't, I am completely numb. So if you're anywhere on this diagram right now, know it's completely normal to go between these things. Maybe one day you wake up and you're like, acceptance, I did it, I feel great. And then the next day you're really angry. It happens. This is not a linear cycle. So navigating complicated grief, the dichotomy of grief. So some things that I've noticed can complicate grief for people is when the person they've lost it, or maybe left a relationship from where they were abusive, they were neglectful, you're estranged from them, maybe it was a parent, you just had a complicated, messy relationship, maybe there were addictions involved, or the person you lost completed suicide. So all of these things can complicate the grieving process. You may feel a number of different things when you're grieving someone, and you may feel things that feel wrong to feel. Maybe you feel relieved, maybe you feel guilty, you feel sad, you feel angry, you feel numb, you feel frustrated. You can feel a number of different things and all of them are okay. I was recently talking to a woman who had lost her husband. They were married or married. They were together for married for 53 years um, up until the day he died. And I was like, you know, it's normal to feel sad. It's normal to feel angry. And she said, Lily, I'm so angry. She was like, I'm so angry that he's gone. Why? Why did he have to go? And she had a lot of guilt and shame around this feeling of anger and just normalizing that thing. That's normal. It's normal to be angry. I remember when I lost my mom, I had a, we'll say, complicated relationship with her growing up. And when I lost her, I was very, it was in this weird stage of numbness for a while, but I was also suppressing a lot of anger because I was pissed. I was pissed. I was mad that my mom was gone because we'd finally gotten to a place where we had a great relationship and then she died. And I was really angry and I didn't know how to deal with that emotion at the time because I had always labeled anger as a bad thing. So if there are certain feelings that when you were little, you were like, oh, it's wrong to be angry. It's, you know, it's horrible to be relieved if someone died, right? Like that's messed up. If you have this idea that an emotion is bad, <laughs> it, it can make 
allowing yourself to experience it more complicated. So a couple of things I want to share that I've personally learned from grief. Number one, you can't avoid grief. It will show up (laughs) no matter what. So when I lost my mom several months afterwards, I, um, well, I guess about three months afterwards, I got broken up with and I no longer had that relationship and I felt like I was drowning. So I did what I like to do when I'm struggling. I planned a trip and I went to Costa Rica and I felt better and I was so happy. I even made an Instagram post about finding my happy again (laughs) with a picture of the beach and I was ready to come home. And wouldn't you know it, the grief might not have made the flight with me, but it was, it was at home. Soon as I got back home, it was there. You can't avoid your grief. You can push it off for a while and you can run away from it and try to escape it, but it'll just start to come out in other areas of your life and it will be waiting for you. The second thing I've learned is you can't logically process your way through grief. So I, when my mom had died, you know, I'd gone to school to be a therapist. I understood the cycle of grief. So I remember sitting there with myself being like, all right, I'm currently in denial. I'm in shock because she died um, very kind of spontaneously. It was not expected. And I was like, I'm in shock. I'm in denial. I'm, you know, this is okay. Um, I'm probably going to get angry next. And I was trying to process my way through it. I was trying to take my emotions and make them thoughts instead. And, you know, use mindset work. Mindset work will not get you through grief. Now, mindset work is really helpful in, you know, creating new habits, getting you out of bed in the morning when you're grieving. Like mindset is important, but we can't forget the rest of your body because grief doesn't just live in your head. It lives in your body. We have to allow ourselves to actually physically on a biological level experience our emotions. Can't rationalize your way through grief. The third thing I learned is suppressed grief isolates you. About two months after my mom died, I went to a, I think it was a Super Bowl party or some football game party. I was there for the snacks. I was clearly not someone that was into football. And I was chatting with a friend and she was like, Lily, you're just doing so well. And I wanted to be like, what? Like, I'm drowning. I'm I'm miserable. I'm confused. I don't know how to feel. I don't know what to do with the feelings that are coming up. And instead, I just nodded my head and was like, yeah, it's, it's hard, but I'm doing okay. And I was drowning. But grief can isolate you because sometimes we don't have the language to tell someone how we feel. The truth is, I didn't want to be alone while I was grieving. I wanted my friends to be there, but I didn't know how to call my friends and say, hey, I'm having a really bad day. Will you come sit on the couch while I cry? And the, the sad thing looking back is, I have amazing people in my life and I know they would have done that for me, but I was so isolated in my grief because I didn't have the language. Like, how do I ask someone to do that? I don't even know how to make sense of what I'm feeling. I'm not going to ask someone else to step into this really weird time with me. So grief can isolate you. The fourth thing I learned is it's okay to be confused. I had some very mixed feelings when I lost my mom and I felt really guilty for them. I was relieved. Honestly, I was like, wow, I miss you, but life is easier without you, kind of. And I felt a lot of guilt over that emotion coming up. It was very confusing. Like, how could I miss someone and simultaneously be like, life is easier that you're not here? It's that dichotomy of grief. It's confusing. 
And it's okay to be confused. It's normal to be confused, especially when you're in complicated grief and you lost someone you had a complicated relationship with. And the last thing I want to share, number five that I've learned from grief is the only way out is through. I tried for about 10 months to outrun my grief. I did it by filling up my calendar. I did it by going on dates. I did it by going out and drinking, travel. I tried really hard to outrun my grief. And it wasn't until I um, it, I was upset <laughs> with someone I was dating at the time. Um, and I drove to a friend's house to tell her about you know this dating situation, why I was upset. I needed a friend to vent to. And I just broke down crying. And a couple minutes into my tears, I said, it's not about him. It's about my mom. And that was the moment that I realized like, oh, I've been trying to escape this. I've been trying to avoid dealing with all of these painful emotions inside of me, which was my friend was actually <laughs> sitting there nodding and smiling. I was like, you sicko. She's like, I've been waiting for this. Like, You've been running for a long time. And I was like, I have been. And it was in that moment I decided, I was like, I'm going back to therapy. Who should I talk to? Do you have any recommendations? I was like, I need to work on this. And when I finally, you know, did go see um, this therapist, I remember telling her, I was like, I need to know how to be sad. I don't know how to allow myself to have that emotion. Like it escapes me. Help me be sad. And that's what we worked on. So the only way out is through. And I promise you on the other side, is deep joy. Because the thing about working through difficult things in your life is when we choose to grow through our grief, we develop compassion. And that compassion will shine out of you because when you experience the depths and you get through it, you're a lot easier on people in your life because you're like, oh, I get it. Like we're all grieving something. We're all hurting in some way. I am obsessed with The Office. If you work with me, you will you will know that. Um, I just love this line from The Office. There's such a thing as good grief. Just ask Charlie Brown. But I do want to say, I really do believe pain has the potential to produce more growth than happiness ever could if you choose to grow through it. Things are going to happen in life. You will experience loss. You will experience heartbreak. And you get to choose. Like, is it a catalyst? Is it a crutch? And I tell people I like to take an optimistic approach to grief. And what I mean by that is what this says right here is that I do believe as much as I love to be happy, I'm an Enneagram seven. I want to have fun. I want to be happy. As much as I love to be happy, I know that my pain has produced more growth for me. And through that growth, I've developed a deep joy. I like to think of happiness. Um, if you ever had a campfire, you know, like just when the flames are kind of sparking off, like that's happiness. It's fleeting, right? It's beautiful. Or if you were to put a little bit of um, fire starter or some kind of fluid on the fire and it kind of goes up, that's that happiness, that burst. It's fun and it's pretty, but joy is the coals. Joy keeps the fire going, even when the flame is not that bright. And joy comes through growing through grief. So I want to give you guys an exercise to take home. If you are in a place where you're like, you know what? I'm struggling to feel. I'm struggling to tap into these emotions. I'm escaping. I'm suppressing. Maybe I'm trying to reframe them. I want to give you the somatic practice, which somatic is a fancy word for like the body, um, for experiencing grief. So I'm going to walk you through it. 
feel free to do this while I walk you through it. I would encourage you to take a screenshot of this so you have it. So somatically experiencing grief. Set a timer for five minutes. I encourage people to start with five. You can do more. You don't even have to set a timer. But sometimes we will sit in meditation and think we're there for a long time and we've only been there for a minute and a half. So for your first time, I encourage you, set a timer for five minutes. Sit quietly, somewhere private. Close your eyes. Take a couple deep breaths and just start to notice any sensations in your body. Maybe you notice like a heaviness in your chest or a tension in your shoulders, a ball in your stomach, something tight. Just notice if you feel any sensation in your body and say aloud as those sensations come up. For example, I feel tightness in my stomach. And I want you to repeat that. I want you to repeat that as you feel it. So it's like, I feel tightness in my stomach. I feel tightness in my stomach. I feel heaviness in my shoulders. I feel tightness in my stomach. And if an emotion comes to mind, you can add that in. So putting it together would be, I feel, um, sorry, just lost my train of thought. Putting it together would be if the emotion was sad. I feel sad. And then where do you feel it? And I feel it in my stomach. So if any sensation in your body, if an emotion comes to mind to describe that sensation, just put that in place of like the, um, you know, the sensation word. So I feel angry and I feel it in my head. I feel sad and I feel it in my stomach. So what you're doing is you're just acknowledging what is physically coming up in your body. Like, how is this emotional experience happening? And we're not creating a story about it. What we're not doing is saying, I feel sad and I feel it in my stomach and I'm sad because this happened. And no, that's creating the story, right? Like we're not going to do that right now. We're just letting ourselves experience the emotion. So it's kind of cool. They say an emotion, the chemical process only lasts about 90 seconds in your body. And if it lasts longer, it's because we're creating story about it. Like take anxiety, for instance. Anxiety is really just the emotion of overwhelm that's being stimulated repeatedly with our story about our overwhelm. So I encourage you, if you try this practice, to think about detaching from any story, any you know reason and logic, and just notice the sensations in your body and if there's an emotion attached to it. I would also love to hear if you try this, what your experience is. Um, I use this a lot. A few weeks ago, I had a situation where I just got really frustrated and overwhelmed um, regarding a rental property we have. And I went out, found like a quiet place by myself. And I did this practice and I came back inside and I was like, I'm okay. Like the situation's still there, but I'm no longer trying to suppress all these feelings and I'm no longer being controlled by them because I'm just trying to push them away and they're trying to be felt. So you got to feel your feelings. And then another thing I want to give you is sometimes what can happen when we suppress our emotions is that we become numb. And when we become numb, it's really hard to feel anything, right? And I had a client recently describe it as like a ball in his stomach. Like that sensation was there, but he didn't know how to like let it out. Like, didn't like do I cry? Do I yell? Like he couldn't get it out. So if that's you, I encourage you to take kind of a play on this practice. And I find it's really beneficial when you're going to bed at night, because a lot of people have you know more privacy then, um, to just lay there quietly and just notice 
anything in your body. And if you notice something, say it aloud. But if you don't, just telling yourself, it's okay for me to feel right now. It's okay for me to feel right now. It's okay to, for me to feel right now. It's safe for me to feel. And just reassuring yourself so we can slowly start to loosen whatever it is that's suppressed down deep. So I wanted to give you that practice. I hope you screenshotted it so you could take it home. If not, my email will be at the end of this and email me and I'll send it to you. So I want to talk a little bit about what is it like working with me as a grief coach? So there's kind of three pillars of the work I do. Number one is clarity. Where to start, right? What's going on? Let's like shift through all the different things you're feeling or maybe the situation that you're in. Let's get some clarity. And then let's learn how to hold space for uncomfortable emotions. If you're suppressing and escaping things or feeling overwhelmed by them, let's learn how to create space for you to truly experience your feelings. And then we go into curiosity. Let's explore the deeper layers of your grief. If you're grieving someone you had a complicated relationship with, particularly a parent, a lot of that grief is due to the fact that you're not just grieving the death, you're grieving the relationship you never had with them. The same can be true if you've lost a spouse or gone through a breakup with someone who um, it was a bad relationship. So you're not just grieving the loss, you're grieving the potential of what you believed you could have had. So we get curious about that. And I like to bring in levity. You know, life is, it's, we dance with joy and sadness throughout life. If you've never seen it, the movie Inside Out is a great depiction of emotions. I love it. It's a really good movie. Highly recommend. Um, but I do believe in an optimistic approach to grief. Again, Enneagram 7, I believe in levity. And part of what turned me off from seeking my own support when I was grieving was the heaviness. I was like, I don't want to feel bad all the time. So I like to work in habits to help you not just get through your day, but to start to enjoy life again. And again, embody that those coals at the bottom of the fire, that kind of joy. I remember um, when I was dealing with just a very difficult time in life in my 20s and waking up in the morning. And for like the first few seconds, it was like, oh, I'm waking up. And then the reality of the situation of my life would set in. And I would just want to pull the covers over my head and go back to bed. Because the reality of what I was living, just it, it was really shitty, honestly. And I was like, that feeling, that gutting feeling of, I don't even want to get up. I don't even know how to get through that day. When I talk about levity and that dance with joy and sadness, that's what I'm talking about. Like, okay, how do we get you out of bed? How do we start doing things again? and building things into your life so we can really start to feel the joy. So if you're interested in working with me, or if you even have more questions, email me, lily at lilyrachels.com. You can, again, screenshot this. And let's grow through grief. You can book a free support call if you're interested. Um, it's not a, a salesy call. I have been victim to those myself. And I don't believe in pressuring people into doing grief work. I think that would be, um, well, honestly, it would just be wrong. But I like to get to know you, let you know what I do, and also see if there's any direction I can just give you on that call if you're not ready to work with someone, because maybe you're not. But if you're curious, I'd encourage you to shoot me an email. Let's book a call. Let's chat. See if it's a good fit or see if maybe you just get a roadmap for healing out of it and some direction on where to go next. Thank you so much for joining me. 
If you have any questions, again, feel free to use that email. And if you're grieving something right now, I want you to know that it does get better, but you've got to go through it.